0: Hello everyone and welcome back to Daryl Discusses. I'm your host, Daryl. Hello everybody and welcome back to Daryl Discusses. This is episode number 37 and uh, today is Thursday, September the 8th. A day which will be remembered in history. Today, the second Elizabethan age has come and gone. Today, Her Majesty the Queen passed away in uh, Balmoral Castle, Scotland. Uh, What else can be said except the Queen is dead. Long live the King. Uh, Prince Charles, now King Charles III, has ascended the throne. Uh, The country and the world now goes into mourning. Her Majesty was an institution. There's very few people alive, not just in Britain or its dominions, but throughout the world who were alive before she was queen. 96 years of age, 71, almost 71 years on the throne. Her Majesty is the longest reigning British monarch, and the second longest reigning monarch in world history, followed only by King Louis XIV of France. The the news, uh, quite frankly, came as a bit of a shock for most people. Uh, This morning, uh, doctors said that they were keeping a close watch on her, and I knew immediately once the news uh, came out that members of her family were rushing to her side, that that things weren't good. Uh, her Majesty passed away peacefully, surrounded by family, in uh, her favorite place, Balmoral Castle in Scotland. Surrounded by by her family, by her sons and her her daughter and some grandchildren, etc., etc. Uh, it's it's truly a very sad thing. I mean, this woman. 96 years of age has seen 15 prime ministers her first being uh, Winston Churchill, the famous wartime prime minister and her last being the current prime minister whom she my apologies if you're watching uh, the camera just shook because my younger pup just nudged it my mistake I'm going to look up uh, PM name because i actually do not remember the prime minister's name uh oh jeez my mistake i did not i did not plan for this at all uh the news came uh a couple of hours ago and i very quickly uh changed and oh the lady's name is liz truss in fact the final photo of her majesty is uh shaking Mrs. Truss's hand, uh, inviting her to form a government in her name, which is now under Prince Charles's name. Ooh, excuse me. Let's hope you don't have any loud toys, thank you very much. Uh yeah, as soon as I heard the news I quickly changed out of my pajamas or whatever the hell I was wearing, and quickly changed into traditional morning dress. Uh, this is Mourning, M-O-U-R, and, you know, Mourning, as in your mourning the death of someone. My ensemble consists of a mourning coat, which is a long cutaway tailcoat, a white shirt with French cuffs and a slightly spread collar, a dark and somber tie, a black waistcoat, and black striped trousers. Uh, and black shoes and black socks and a black top hat Uh, this is the traditional uh, funeral wear uh, for these sorts of things Um, but yeah uh, the queen is dead long live the king wow you know it's one of those things that one didn't think would ever happen of course the queen has been queen for longer than anyone can remember and now she's dead just like that Uh, The funeral will take place in the coming months. Uh, For the next 10 days, I believe, uh, Britain goes into a period of mourning. Um, The anthem has been changed. It used to be God Save the Queen, and now it is God Save the King. The currency will also change. It will be a portrait of King Charles, not of uh, Queen Elizabeth. Uh, but moving on from that let's uh go into some more local issues uh first and foremost the most interesting thing that has happened to me in the past few weeks was that i broke my arm uh i was out uh i I take my dogs out on my electric scooter uh i take them out for a run most days Uh, this particular day i don't know why i decided that it would be safer to uh leash up my dog and so, my apologies, the camera keeps shaking because Louie keeps touching the camera. He's going up on bed now, so hopefully he'll stop doing that. Uh, but yes, I took out Charles, the, the, the one who you see if you're listening to this on Spotify or Apple Music or wherever the hell you listen. Uh, he's the logo. And I tied him on the leash. And like we do almost, you know, most days, I, I rarely tie him, but whenever I do, he's always fine. And he always goes on my left side unless when there is a car coming in which he moves to the right side. Uh, It appears that in doing this, uh, his leash got stuck on the back wheel and when I look back to see what was happening, uh, I was already too late, I was on the floor. Uh, When I got up, I looked at my arm and I immediately knew it was broken. The, uh, The bone didn't quite stick out of the skin, it didn't pop through the skin but you can see the curvature of my arm uh, the pain wasn't immediate it was uh, I was pain free for about 10 minutes uh, you know, I, I went back home I opened my little gates which I, I normally open with my right hand and but I wasn't able to do so which uh, completely solidified to me that my arm was broken uh, excuse me while I said some more Uh, From then, I alerted uh, the family that was in my home. I told them, hey, uh, don't be alarmed. My arm is broken. I have to go to the hospital. Uh, I then tried going to the car and driving, but I wasn't allowed for obvious reasons. Uh, I don't know why, in my mind, I I didn't think of calling the ambulance, which is, of course, the sensible thing to do. But I guess in the the adrenaline mental state that I was in, I, I didn't think of doing that at all, which was... A little annoying one supposes uh and so i i peacefully and quietly even though i was in severe pain i quietly waited for a for my parents to come home and then take me to the hospital uh when i got to the hospital i uh i was clutching my arm and the lady behind the front desk looked at it and goes oh geez that looks you know are you in pain i was like yes i'm in pain please let's let's, let's expedite the process to let me in you know to uh, admit me and so on, uh but for some reason this lady was having the time of her life checking my i d and taking down my you know et cetera et cetera et cetera and after let's say ten or fifteen minutes of withering pain, I was finally admitted a uh, place in a room had to wait i don't know like forty five minutes before a doctor saw me and uh I was administered some morphine uh they took x-rays and uh uh, they said it uh, I needed surgery, but that it wasn't an emergency. So they couldn't do it then and there. Which, okay, if you say so. And so they uh, they put a splint on my arm, which is a, a piece of fiberglass. And then they bandaged it up. Uh, I was with that splint for about a week until I was able to find uh, a surgeon. Uh, his name is Dr. Calva, and he is the best hand surgeon in the state. Uh, Thankfully I was able to book him on short notice. And while wearing this splint and the heavily bandaged arm I wasn't able to wear any of my clothes. I mean if, if you open my closet right now you will see 10 to 15 suits and suit combinations and you'll see about 20 to 25 dress shirts. All of whom, or at least most of whom, have been made to fit my slender, tiny build. Um, sadly, because of this, nothing fit my nothing fit my right arm. So uh, we quickly rushed off uh, to the store the next day, and we bought uh, fat people clothing. Uh, we bought larges and extra larges and uh, a medium shirt. And <laughs> uh, thankfully, I was able to squeeze my arm through that, which, you know, was fun, I suppose. Uh, Then the surgery came, and uh, my mother, of course, was terrified of the surgery. I, myself, I did the research. I saw what the surgery consisted of. I saw how the process worked. I saw all of that. And I had no fear. I had my full and complete trust in Dr. Cava, his His reputation is stellar. I I talked to multiple surgeons. They all recommended him, in fact. He was rather pricey, but, you know, it's what you do. He is the best. You want the best for your limbs. And so, uh, I was prescribed medication before the surgery. Uh, I was prescribed Percocet, I believe, which is a rather strong pain medication which people use recreationally. I myself am not a fan of downers, uh, but alas, I was in severe pain, and so I took the medication. It did little to nothing on me. Uh, of course, the pain went away, but I wasn't uh, high. I wasn't feeling euphoric. I just felt horribly sleepy, and those stupid pain meds didn't let me take a shit for almost a week and a half, and when I did, when I did manage to take a poo, it was the most painful shit of my life. I spent like probably twenty, thirty minutes in the toilet, fucking screaming and pushing and squeezing. You know, it, it was terrible. Oh, but I digress. The surgery with Doctor Kava, um, the surgery was a quick, quick forty-five minutes to an hour. Um, I, I, in my mind, it took longer for the doctor to introduce me to the staff and to the nurses and to answer my general questions, to show me uh, the different tools that he was going to use, etc., etc., etc. Then I was given localized anesthesia, which was actually rather fascinating. It's the first time I've been on anesthesia. Uh, well, at least like that. I- I've been put on anesthesia for... Uh, I had some teeth extracted a number of years ago. And That's uh, laughing gas or whatever the hell it is. Excuse me. And so uh, the doctor uh, put an ultrasound machine uh, right here on my clavicle near the shoulder area, uh, and he identified the nerves that connect to the arm. Uh, he injected them, and a number of minutes later, I could not feel my arm. Uh, then the doctor uh, laid my arm out flat next to me, and he said, I want you to try to raise your arm about an inch off the table. Uh, In my mind, I was raising it only a few centimeters off the table. But when I looked over at the doctor, my hand was falling out of the bed. Uh, Of course, he did that to show me that the anesthesia was indeed working. Not that I didn't believe him, of course. Uh, And then he laid my arm out, placed a curtain over it, and the surgery began. Very curiously, though, in my mind, my arm was standing on the table, shoulder on the table, in a forty-five degree angle. But in reality, my arm was laying flat the entire time. It was it was a very bizarre experience, and so I started speaking to the doctor about uh, work and about politics and about school and about etc. 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 Um the doctor went away for a few minutes. Uh, I began whistling Ode to Joy, which is something that I do very often when I'm bored or anxious, and you know, it's a nice simple tune. Uh, I'll try to do some now. It's um <laughs> etcetera, etcetera. I'm not a very good whistler, so I do apologize. And so the doctor heard me and he goes, oh, is that uh, Beethoven's the ninth, And I go, yes, indeed. And so the doctor was like, oh, are you a fan of classical music? I said, yes, indeed, I am. And so he played some classical music to help me relax and so on. Um, and then the surgery began. Uh, but in my mind, I was just waiting for something to happen. So, I, you know, the, the man is quite literally slicing my arm open. And I felt nothing. I was just there peacefully waiting for this man to start. And about... Uh, Thirty minutes in, I, I ask, I go, Hey, doctor, uh, are you guys going to start anytime soon? And the doctor, rather rather funny, uh, he opened the window, the little curtain, looked at me and goes, What do you mean start? I'm almost done. And then you hear the drilling noise, the brrrr, brrrr, as he drills uh, six nails into my arm. That was the only time during the entire procedure in which I was, I was scared or anxious or anything. I mean, because hearing... A drill, let's say, uh, two feet away from your head is quite an experience, I'll tell you that. Uh, So yeah, so now my arm has a metal plate. Uh, My forearm has a metal plate and six screws. And I have a horrible scar uh, from my wrist almost to my elbow. Uh, Currently, I'm wearing a cast. In fact, I shall slap it against the microphone so you can hear it. I hope you can hear it. That's me slapping the cast. And so I'm wearing a cast until September the 22nd. And then I go on to therapy and so on and so forth. Uh, But in all honesty, the the surgery was quite an interesting procedure. (laughs) After the surgery, I was prescribed more pain medication. And because I was so... Not loopy or high or anything, but I, I was quite frankly out of it. The... Recovery process was quite rough. I was in bed for about four or five days. And according to my mother, I looked like shit. I was gaunt, more, well, more gaunt than normal. I, I looked skinny and withering away. I, looked like I, was just, I was dying, practically. But to me, I, I was okay. I, I did indeed feel rather weak and tired all the time. Uh, I had all my meals brought to me. I had, I had everything. The, the only issue, truly with breaking my arm. The only complication is little things that one is so very used to doing have suddenly become horribly hard. Uh, For example, something as simple as putting on my cufflinks this morning took me about 10 minutes tying my tie, something which I can normally do in 5 seconds and I can do 10 different tie knots. Took me about 10 minutes to do one handed. Buttoning every single one of my shirt buttons and waistcoat buttons and pant buttons, tying my suspenders, putting on my socks, wiping my own ass, showering, uh, cutting my meat, etc., etc., etc. All these things have become rather difficult, really. And I, I don't mean to sound like a pussy or anything, but you know. Uh, You're used to using both hands. Of course, I'm left-handed, thankfully. So I do most things with my left hand. I open doors with my left hand. I hold my fork with my left hand. I write with my left hand. But yet you don't realize that you do so many small things with both hands. You know, something as simple as putting on a button or tying one's tie. Or holding your shirt sleeve so that you can put on your cufflinks. You know, these little small things that one doesn't realize suddenly become a whole lot harder. Uh of course, sadly under surgeon's orders, I'm not allowed to go to the dog park. I'm not allowed to walk both my dogs at the same time. I'm not allowed to drive, which is horribly annoying because I'm in the process of buying a car and I can't fucking drive the damn thing. You know how terribly annoying that is. You go and you have to have your father test the car for you. It's it's rather embarrassing, to tell you the truth. And showering. Showering is a frickin' ordeal now. I have to wear this massive, clear condom thing on my arm. Because, of course, I can't get the cast wet. And, uh, you know, I. So many small activities, which I cherish deeply, like grooming my dogs, like walking my dogs, like taking my dog to the bloody dog park, I can no longer do. Uh, my independence has just vanished. You know, I, I can't drive anywhere. I can barely get dressed. I mean, I can't. It just takes me a whole lot longer. I can't cut my meat. I was at a restaurant a few days ago with a, a lady friend of mine, and I had to ask the chef. You know, I had to tell the waiter to please ask the chef to cut my meat for me. Of course, she offered to cut it, but, you know, you, you don't do that. That's that's, that's rather embarrassing. And, and so, you know, thankfully the chef came out and he you know, shook my left hand and he thanked me and we spoke for a few minutes and so on and so forth. But it's still, you know, it's, it's a little embarrassing and demeaning and, you know, you have to ask people to help you and I'm not one to do that normally. Uh, of course, one understands why these things are being done. One completely understands that these things are normal. You know, it's perfectly fine to ask for help. It's perfectly okay to do so. It's perfectly normal. Especially when one is quite literally, you know, Temporarily handicapped. Uh, it's just it's annoying, really it's one of those things. Oh, Jesus Christ. I, I must say the thing I miss the most is being able to take my dogs to the park. Uh, I go to Kennedy Park uh, most days, which is a a small local park here in Miami. And I take both my dogs, and there's a set group of people that go there every day. Uh, you know, an ex-opera player, uh, a lady who works at a museum, another lady who is a refugee crisis person. You know, uh, these interesting people whom whom one has grown rather close to, whom one enjoys speaking to, whom w- from one learns quite a lot, etc., etc., etc not to mention my dogs love it you know they they have horrible built up energy all day and they get to release it in the dog but they get to play they get to play with dogs they get to play fetch they get to do obstacles etc cetera, etc cetera. you know to them it's their favorite part of the day it's also my favorite part of the day quite frankly ah oh, it's it's quite sad this last month has been rather difficult you know, being temporarily handicapped, being forced to stay inside, being cooped up all alone, is is rather annoying. I, I've had plenty of visitors. You know, quite frankly, I've had more family and friends come visit me in the last month than in the last year. <laughs> I mean, I, I have all sorts of family coming in. In fact, I had some family, that my favorite family members, uh, fly down from North Carolina. Of course, they didn't fly down for me. They just so happened to fly down. And, uh, uh, I spoke with them and, you know, I went over to their house and I had dinner with them and I had the most wonderful conversation. These people are, honestly, my favorite family. They, uh, uh, one used to work for the city of Miami Beach and the other is, uh, a jeweler, which are both very interesting careers. And they have the most fascinating stories. They have the most wonderful taste in clothing and architecture and they're they're great people if if I could I'd move up to North Carolina with them and they're truly wonderful and I saw some more family whom I haven't seen in years and uh, I also helped some family uh, move out of the state uh, which is actually quite a, a sad story really my my first cousin and her husband uh, have two dogs Two um, vicious little dogs. They're not little. She has two pit bulls, two giant pit bulls, a boy and a girl. Uh, in fact, my my, my parents, my, my father and I call one of the dogs uh, Cujo, the, the murderous dog. And sadly, that came true about a week ago. Uh, Cujo escaped the house and uh, killed a neighbor's dog. The neighbor, of course, was furious and threatened to hurt them and so on. So they took that opportunity to pack up all their things and left the state. Uh, Thankfully, they uh, already planned to leave. Uh, My first cousin's husband uh, got a job at Univision up in uh, Washington State. But then he was offered an even better job uh, still at Univision, uh, a little closer to home up in New Jersey. And so they packed up all their things and they went across the country to New Jersey. They're now living up there. Uh, They've been up there for uh, two days, I believe, and so far everything's going great. I wish them nothing but the best. I wish them nothing but happiness and success. And, you know, it's one of those things, you know, life life throws you curveballs. And you must see that you hit the ball. You know, you have to make a home run out of it. Life hands you these sorts of things and you have to go with it. Another thing, actually, going back to my broken arm. uh, I used to do yoga uh, twice a week. Uh, I I had classes that I would attend with the dogs. And now I can't go because I have a broken fucking arm. And I won't be able to go for a while because I have to get fucking physical therapy, and I don't know when my arm will be fine enough for me to do all these sorts of things. You know, I, I can move all my fingers, I, I can't really extend my arm, like, perfectly, like you can, you know, the difference is rather staggering, but you know, one has adapted to being one-handed, one has learned how to how to use the restroom, one has learned how to, how to do buttons one-handed, one has learned how to polish one's top hats. Uh, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, something rather interesting which I started doing is I started collecting uh, first edition books. Uh, the first two are uh, actually rather interesting. They're, they're children's books uh, by First Lady Barbara Bush, uh, wife to President George H.W. Bush, the first Bush, Bush 41. And it was actually quite interesting. Uh, she She wrote two books. She wrote a million books, but she wrote two books uh, from the perspective of her dogs. Uh, first, she had a cocker spaniel named C. Fred, and then she wrote another book uh, while she was first lady. Uh, the first book was written when she was the second lady, when she lived in, uh, when she was vice president, vice president's wife. Excuse me, and then the second book she wrote while she was first lady, uh, and the second dog is Millie Bush which was a a Springer Spaniel, arguably the most famous of the first family pets. And uh, both of the books, which I have on the bookshelf behind me, are both signed by First Lady Barbara Bush and signed by the dogs. There's a little paw print, which uh, it was awesome. I mean, to see that, it's fascinating. It's a piece of American history right there. You know, something had touched a first lady and her dog I mean that's that's pretty damn cool and uh, then I bought a well I'm looking I'm currently bidding on a first edition of Don Quixote which is uh, the very famous book by Cervantes uh, sadly the auction is getting a little pricey now so I'm I'm probably going to pull out because I, I don't want to spend all that money uh, the the bush books were uh, were quite cheap they were they were under a thousand bucks and they were both you know they're both first editions signed by mrs bush which i mean how much cooler can you get than a book signed by a first dog i mean come on now uh you know it's quite interesting how life turns i've always been a collector i've always loved accumulating things especially antiques Uh, I started with fountain pens, I started with one fountain pen and now I have probably like 50. And then I started buying inks to go with the pens, then I started collecting notebooks, then I started diarying, you know, doing journal entries every day. Then I started collecting antique menswear and vintage menswear. And then I started collecting cufflinks and hats and ties. And then I got into photography for a while and now I have like four film cameras. I have a mediocre digital camera, I have, you know, all sorts of little things. Uh, for example, when I got to dogs, I'm very obsessive when it comes to things, I realized this not too long ago, I have, without a joke, 40 leashes, all of different types, I have some beautiful Austrian leather ones, I have some printed ones. I have slip leashes, I have retractable leashes, I have leather leashes, I have cotton leashes, I have polyester leashes, I have rope leashes. It's a lot. In this drawer here next to me, I have uh, like 50 bandanas. I have uh, dog sunscreen and dog wipies and dog vitamins and doggy bow ties and uh, light up collars. And and leather collars and retractable you know, uh, it's so much shit Uh, earlier today I got the Phi Collar for Louie because now I know what size he's going to be, the Phi Collar is a wonderful thing, if you have a dog I cannot recommend it enough the Phi Collar is a tracking device for your dog, it is wonderful, Uh, I have a discount code if you'll like it Uh, I don't remember it off the top of my head and I didn't write it down, so for next episode I'll, I'll I'll annotate on my notes that I must present to you all with the discount code so you can get a free uh, collar with your module. It's wonderful, you know, the the dogs in our life, the things we do for them. We get them expensive collars and expensive leashes and harnesses and we get them combs and we get them, you know, shampoos and specialized... For example, Charles hates the sound of the blow dryer, so I got him a Dyson Airwrap, I think it's called Dyson Something. And it's a silent blower because he doesn't like the sound, and so I had to get him the best, which was stupid, expensive, I might add. I don't recommend it at all. It's, it's a great tool, just pink, which is a little annoying. there's no other colors. But it's, it's a great you know hair dryer. I, I sometimes use it on my hair, but it's not worth the price. It's too expensive. Another thing, I cut my hair. I had my hair cut after, uh, the crash, because, you know, why not? It seemed like it, you know, my hair was up to my shoulders. It was terribly long and bushy and uncameable, and now I have slightly shorter, more relaxed hair, which is, which is better. You know, it's, uh, sleeker, classic, better. uh, it's been a hell of a month for me. I, of course, do apologize for not being able to sit down and record as I have been uh, injured and then recovering from surgery and then on drugs, on prescription drugs, of course. And I've basically just been in bed for the past few weeks uh, watching Dr. House. And uh, I've been writing a lot. I've written... Like 30 pages in my journal in the past few weeks. I organized my room again, I threw out old crap. I've I found a whole bunch of things that I thought were lost forever. And you know, overall, it's been it's been an interesting time, to say the least. I of course, wish I hadn't broken my arm, but you can't change these sorts of things, and even if I could, I wouldn't want to you know that's that's just life that's how it is and on that special note on that kind and warm note i think i'll leave you all for today thank you all very much for listening and have a good day thank you all very much for joining me in today's episode of darial discusses goodbye everyone have a good rest of your day and thank you for joining me once again goodbye